What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Fellow fiends, welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The horror podcast with zero credibility, but all of the blood, ghouls, and gore your puny heart can handle. <laughs> Let's give a grave welcome. To our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm Kim. And this week we are talking handheld horrors. Did you have to think about it? I did have to think about it. (laughs) I forgot to write it on the big white board, so I forgot what the title of the episode was. (laughs) I wrote everything else out for you. Yeah, I I looked somewhere else where nothing that I need is written. But this week we are talking the found footage juggernauts, the big two. We're talking the Blair Witch Project from 1999 and Paranormal Activity from 2007. Two uh, universally loved movies. Everybody loves them, not a single complaint. Exactly. It's good this is not a format where we can hear the people shouting back at us. I don't think anything would change. (laughs) (laughs) I think, like, as Rotten Tomatoes are flying, you know, you can't even even say that anymore and not be a reference to a website. That was funny, though. Well, thank you. It's cabbage and tomato and onions and the garbage is what I'm saying gets thrown on stage. Uh, I I would probably just continue to provoke everybody like, what's that? You love it? I'll, I'll turn the volume way up. Well, congrats on you, though, if you're here listening for part two of Found Footage Month and you don't love found footage. Like, good job. You stuck with us. A whole month of uh, found footage picks here and on the website. So thank you for sticking around. I know found footage isn't everybody's bag. Yeah. Hopefully we fangirled enough and in a funny enough way that you were able to get through this. We're, we're, in it, we're in it together. And we hey. are enjoying it, and you are not. <laughs> and it's a great day. Well, I gotta say, uh, if you're not a big fan of fan footage, this is good news. What are the odds that we would go and be as so cruel as to put out another found footage movie in the next, like, the rest of the year, really? Like, we don't really have the, the entire year planned out yet, but I gotta assume... The next little bit is found footage free. Oh, yeah, you're definitely found footage free into October. I mean, July, we're, we're slipping down a slippery slope of weird, obscure birthday picks. Oh, but get ready for it'll them, be guys. Fine. You'll be guys. You guys are gonna be great. It's gonna be a good month. Let's talk about it later. Uh, but now we're gonna talk about, John, what's keeping you creepy? Well, it, you know, just keeping in line with what we're talking about... Next month! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you just steamrolled back into it? (laughs) (laughs) Keeping in line with found footage stuff. uh, Yes, it is the second half of found footage month at NOFS podcast, uh, but also at NOFSpodcast.com. And we have a whole slew of articles there for you to check out. Uh, If found footage is something that you have trouble with, we got the perfect perfect article for you from one of our contributors uh nina put together something you know about why found footage makes you queasy and some tips on how you can fight that 
Like, if you really, really want to watch found footage movies that everybody says are great, but you just can't stomach it, uh, she has some helpful tips on how to avoid just drinking a bottle of Gravol with every movie. Yeah, and we also have some great recommendations. Paul has put together a great list of underrated found footage. We also have some UFO-related found footage from Matthew. Um, There's some individual retrospectives. Devon has put together an article on the Grave Encounters, which we covered two weeks ago. Uh, Mac has coming up. Blair Witch Part 2. It's the craziest article Some ever. conspiracy theories on that movie and the physical release of the VHS. So I'm interested to check that one out. That one is going out in the future, so I have not read it yet. That's okay. That movie also has just like the wildest fan base. Like some people really love that movie. Yeah, so I'm excited to check those out. If you haven't read any of the great found footage coverage that we have going on this month, head to nofspodcast.com. There are a ton of them sitting on the homepage, and if you search found footage in the search bar, you're going to get even more. Of course, Child's Play, the reboot, the remake, whatever you want to call it, the Divergent. Yeah, it's out today when this podcast drops. Soft quotations. It's weird that Thursday is just a unanimous thing now. I know, okay, not every movie theater does it, but I would assume that there is likely a movie theater close to you that has the movie out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I'm fine with it. I'm also fine with it. I love it when occasionally it's out on Wednesday. Like, either somebody screwed up or the, 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 the studio's like, no, 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 just, just a day early is great. Yeah, but with all these films breaking box office numbers and stuff they're comparing themselves to like films that didn't have thursday runs and like i know the sound of music was in theaters for 1200 months but i don't know guys thursday's a little underhanded do you the the more fishy thing right now everybody at least um that i'm seeing on twitter is is talking about the embargo on the child's play reviews how um, no review is is allowed to be published until the movie drops, which would be today when the podcast comes Thursday. There isn't anybody out there right now saying whether or not it's good. The immediate knee-jerk reaction to that is that, oh, that means it's bad, which I don't think is true. Uh, and I am very much looking forward to seeing this movie. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is, Kim, uh, what are your thoughts on Child's Play? What, do I, what are my thoughts on the embargo or what are my thoughts? Just on the movie. Are you excited for it? Um hesitant okay i i'm kind of on this on the fence with it I've, I've really enjoyed watching it as like a third party being separate from the movie and watching the horror community like ride that roller coaster of the announcements about the film mm-hmm. and i really enjoyed that part because i was just like oh no everybody hates him like oh wait we love it again <laughs> like oh no we hate it again oh we're really cautious and so I've been riding that wave, and now that I actually have to go see it and make my own opinion, I'm really, like, concerned, because it was just like, well, what if I end up really loving the film, but everybody comes out upset about it? You know what I mean? Because there is a bit of controversy in that the original Child's Play franchise lives on. It's going to have a series and potentially more movies, so Chucky is going to be at the bat with Buddy. They are going to be duking it out for audiences eyes and dollars at the same time like that's a very interesting franchise overrun by a new version of itself simultaneously like most times when we get these reboots it's because the original franchise has hit one of those unstoppable walls jason is finally actually really dead freddy is finally actually really dead so like 
we'll have a fun non-canon movie where they fight each other. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested in seeing it. I'm kind of excited. I hope it's good. Aubrey Plaza is my favorite, so I'm really pumped to see her and see her in a really slashery horror role. I hope she gets a really great part in it. I've seen some clips and moments from the trailer where she looks fucking badass. Oh, yeah? All right. So I'm super pumped. I think that's going to be great. I'm a little concerned about the creature design, uh, the doll design. But we're going to have to see. We've only kind of really seen him clean and pristine, so we need to wait till he degenerates a little bit. And Do we even know what kids' dolls look like nowadays? Nope. Yeah. iPhones. Yeah. That, that's the thing, right? <laughs> it should have just been an iPhone that learned how to build itself an arm that could hold a knife. <laughs> <laughs> well, doesn't it, like, possess your technology and stuff? Like, I think it's got capability in this. It's um, All right. like an AI-ish I'm down. doll or a Bluetooth doll. I'm cool with it. If you are getting up on the Child's Play hype, you can visit nofspodcast.com as well. We have a bunch of Child's Play articles. There's a really great one right now on the site. It is fictional products in films, the best products that were made specifically for films, like Stay Puffed from Ghostbusters and Smart from Army of Darkness. There's some great ones on that list. We'll also be recording a Drive Home from the Drive-In review episode of Child's Play, our immediate reactions immediately out of the theater. Uh, you know, as, as, as usual, Kim and I sit in absolute silence uh, on the car ride back here to the office studio. And have a really awkward first encounter with the film. Yeah. Oh, it's it's super great. I mean, like, you can usually tell just by looking in each other's eyes, like, who liked the movie or not. Like, if I walk out with a big smile on my face, I can't pretend I didn't like it. <laughs> but it is sometimes awesome to, to sit across from you and hear you say things that just blow my goddamn mind. Like, what? Did we not see the same movie? Like, I don't understand how I think it's the best movie of the year, and you're over here chewing your gums about how awful it is. <laughs> um, but you can get that only on Patreon. It is exclusive to our Patreon supporters. And that'll land on Patreon later in the weekend. You can get it as a current or new subscriber at patreon.com slash nightmare on Film Street. Speaking of new subscribers, I want to give a big shout out to Mike, Kyle, Marley, Victoria, Jens, Brianna, and Dustin. Thank you all so much for your support. The show would be a nightmare without you. And as new supporters of the show, I would like to invite you all to the annual Nightmare on Film Street camping trip. Nothing weird about it. Just going in the woods with a few cameras, obviously. Who doesn't bring cameras in the woods? So beautiful, right? We got all the time in the world. We could maybe make a movie. Perhaps a documentary, I'm thinking. Uh, pack lots of hatchets. If there's one thing I've learned about filming movies in the woods where everybody dies, not you guys, I've, you know, I've done this before. Uh, things are going to be different this time. Hatchets. We didn't bring hatchets last time. That was the problem. But uh, make sure they're not too big, otherwise somebody might take it and use it on you, uh, <laughs> against you, uh, and that's that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. You think you got all your bases covered, and then a guy takes your weapon right out of your hands? I mean, come on, he's got a mask with one eye hole in it. This is on you. But if that happens, please don't turn the camera off. Just point it. In the direction of the assailant, oh, yeah. so we get the grade A footage. Of course, and I mean, hey, even if you're looking through the eyesight and you can't see what you're filming, like, oh, it's just a blurry image, it's weird, it's like supernatural. No, I that's grade A found footage fodder, that That's is. what I'm saying, <laughs> lean into that. And, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're all, we, we burn bright and we burn fast <laughs> on this earth. 
uh, but film is forever, right? Like, let whatever tragedy <laughs> happens to you be seen by a million eyes. Oh, my. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you for donating your lives to the cause. <laughs> you know, boilerplate stuff. Sign here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you need your lawyer to look this over? I just explained it to you. If you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Here's your hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, without further ado, let's get into this week's movies. We are going to talk about Paranormal Activity. Oh, wait. Because you demanded it. <laughs> Side note also, before we let you go into this episode, it's pre-recorded. We did a big flub this week. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. In the Blair Witch Project. I know a lot of you are going to have headaches. <laughs> and uh, we did a big flub this week in recording the Blair Witch Project. Uh, John and I had a real flub on the names. John kept calling Heather. John, John kept calling Heather Katie, oh, and yeah. I kept messing up Mike and Josh's roles. I wish it only happened once, but it's the entire length of the episode. It happens a bunch. So before we get a bunch of angry tweets and emails from you guys, we're so so sorry. It happens. We are very excited to talk about this episode so much so that we went on blazing and uh, we messed up a bunch of names. I'm really sorry. It happened. Yeah. I blame the Blair Witch. I'm I think so this she an stole example. I think it's an example of her powers reaching through the podcast. Yeah. There's a tree somewhere on this property. <laughs> she can, <laughs> so, so her power reaches here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's got fingers in the dirt. Well, that was good. I did, like did kind of like that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this movie. High def camera on. My girlfriend, Katie. She thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? Doors are locked. Alarm is on. If anything walks through here, it's going to leave a pretty good footprint. Did you hear that? Oh my god. There's footsteps in, but there's no footsteps out. You cannot run from this, it will find you. This woman, same things happen to her. Oh god. I feel it breathing on me. Looks like something big here. You stop following me with the camera! I'm in control. You got that! From 2007, Paranormal Activity is currently sitting at a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.5 out of 4 from Roger Ebert himself. Is that Paranormal Activity? Is that what's happening? Studios haunted. All right. And 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Only 2.5. 2.9 out of 5. <laughs> it's escalating. <laughs> I see my fly swatter did nothing. I don't know. <laughs> That's what you I was. You can't swat a ghost. A ghost would just like split into a thousand more ghosts through the fly swatter. Oh, that'd be great. Then you'd have a, um, a bunch of little teeny sorcerer's baby apprentice ghosts. on your hands. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That does make for a problem. I hope you guys know Fantasia. Otherwise, that reference was really weird. Okay, let's circle it back around to horror movies, maybe. P.S. That kind of creepy. Like, especially when Fantasia is terrifying. When he's chopping him up with that axe, yeah. right? Like, that is some pure horror movie stuff. And the music is scary stuff. like that. Dum. 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 Like, it's a scary tune. Well, even halfway through, like, when we have the devil with the... Raising hell with the waters right? or whatever. Yeah, like, the Rites of Spring, I think, is what it is. The Stravinsky song. Song. I think that yeah. one's fairies, though. 
Oh, all right. My mistake. I don't remember. One of them one of them is the devil and one of them is terrifying. But also Sorcerer's Apprentice. The sorcerer looks really mean. He does. He doesn't say a goddamn Mickey word. Mickey was just trying to, you know, progress. He was he was inventing the calculator is what he was doing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I don't have an abacus. What am I supposed to do? He was lazy, but I mean, that's the reason why the computer exists, because lazy. Mickey Mouse was like the Henry Ford of the Disney world in that situation there. He's like, you know what we need? An assembly line. That'll fix things. Did you just make a weird car reference? Bit? I don't know if it was necessarily a car reference, but it was a reference. Uh, I mean, if we want to circle back to horror, it's kind of like that scene in The Gate where the big monster falls down and becomes a bunch of little monsters. And then, oh, my God. That's such a great gif. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the great movies have been reduced to fun gifs. I will say, though, it is as much as that bothers me occasionally, it does suck when you have an amazing scene, a great moment, and there isn't already a gif of it. You're like, this GIF should already exist, and I am not taking the time to do it. <laughs> I hate when I want to tweet a specific quote from, like, a really obscure movie, and then you think everybody loves that movie as much as you do, so you just oh, search the quote, not. and they then the movie title, not. and you're like, where's the GIF of it? Doesn't exist, kid. No. Doesn't no. exist. That's and, all right. You gotta love the things you love. And then you're just a fool. Right. Speaking a of things you love. fool in love and lazy. Oh, man. Like, I keep trying to segue back to this movie <laughs> you're like you know it'd be great anything Woo! else right now that's as much paranormal activity as you're gonna talk <laughs> so i think kim and i have been pretty vocal uh in the past about our love for this movie maybe not so much on the podcast but definitely I have to admit on social something. media what totally have to admit something are you starting to not like this movie totally vocal yeah i love paranormal activity uh-huh. i love found footage the last time we watched this movie for this podcast, I kind of had a hate watch on it. Why? I hate watched it. Why? I, I enjoyed it thoroughly and uh-huh. I totally enjoyed the film. Yeah. I love this movie. I think it did great things for found footage. It uh-huh. opened the doors for Blumhouse and for independent film, low budget film, um, being profitable and being sold and all that stuff and fun stuff there. Woohoo. But. These people are way too young with, like, their vague-ass jobs to afford that house. What are you talking about? I hate-watched all of their... He's a day trader. (laughs) I hate-watched all of their decor. I hate-watched Katie being an English student reading her something dummies book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Like, you can't get textbooks. And her fucking jewel crafts, like, making bracelets. Like, oh, are you going to sell that shit on Etsy and pay your mortgage down? Well, I mean, I think that's probably the goal. She knit. She makes like beaded necklaces. She makes those. What were those things where you like you would just run beads through? Like, oh, I made a lizard. What was the name of that stuff? Do you remember? Bead lizards. Bead lizards. <laughs> yeah, them pattern beads. <laughs> Did you do that a lot? Make lizards? Well, not specifically yeah. lizards. It was specifically. Was it always li- lizards? It was just lizards. It's just any animal that can be flattened by a car. Like that's the inspiration <laughs> for that. I bead learned pattern. how to make a skunk once. It's mostly black with a white strip down It was the just a black lizard. <laughs> <laughs> a black lizard. So small. Yeah, I totally had a hate watch. And you know, Interesting. when this movie came out, I was in my teens. Now that I'm 20, 19 years old, mm-hmm. I 
am angry at them and their beautiful huge house that they're definitely not renting because there's decor on the wall. I know it's uh, the director. I know it's Oren Pelly's house. Yeah. And he's just like, film here, acting students. Let's do this movie. It's hey, going to be great. What if this is a silent commentary? I'm just going to take the photos of my family off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and replace them with fake photos that we took in one day with multiple different shirts. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here. Here's the thing. Uh, so we, we, we all know that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were not trying to make some big statement on how parents weren't around and kids were raising kids with babysitter culture, right? We know that that's bullshit. We know that this is something that we've ascribed to it. What if, though? Oren Pelly was trying to make a social commentary on the housing crisis, the bubble that was about to burst only a year later with these people that could not afford the mortgages that they had. When Mika first turns the camera on, and he's standing in the driveway, and Katie pulls in on a fucking white convertible. Yeah. And it's just like, why did you get that camera? How much is that camera? And, and his like, his answer was about half as much as I made today. Yeah. So he makes he makes his salary is two cameras a day. <laughs> I don't make two cameras a day. I make a muffin a day. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't he have like a PRX? Okay, I'm, I'm asking the wrong person, but I'm fairly what? certain he has he a, had a shiny PRX blue guitar. guitar. <laughs> It's like it a looks thirty five hundred dollar guitar. If it wasn't brand new, he paid for wax, which is money we do not have. You know, this is the first time that I realized that maybe that guitar is only there to show that he is he is big on buying toys. He's always buying toys for himself. Ouija boards. <laughs> well, he borrows that Ouija board. From he who? restrains the pawn himself. Shop? <laughs> no, I pro- he probably <laughs> did buy it. He's like, I borrowed it from somebody. They do not like. They do not seem like the type of people that have friends that With own Ouija, Ouija boards. boards. Especially a Ouija board like that, right? That Ouija board looked like it was cast in fire or something. <laughs> it was a heavy metal Ouija board if I've ever seen it. Yeah, it was like dipped in resin. It was like heavy duty. So you hate their house. You hate their yuppie lifestyle. I, you know, I just don't believe it. I just don't. Okay. In 2007, though, would you have believed it? Wasn't that the housing crisis? 2008. 2008. So that was just, I was just too, mm, uh, (laughs) I'm just having a hard time believing. At 19, when you watch this movie for the first time, you're like, man, I can't wait to be 10 years older. What if the demon had something to do with it? What if the demon's been working behind the scenes, like orchestrating deals, making sure that she got hooked up with the right people who could float her around? I'm just, maybe I, you know, I'm maybe just that jealous. demon likes the comfortability of a nice home. I'm just jealous. I'm just hung up on the size of the house. I think it's very large for them to just throw out like, oh, Mika's a day trader. And he never works, though. He always just films me. What does she do during the day? I guess school, but school and crafts <laughs> and being haunted by a demon. I guess that's a full time job. Okay, so you you hate watched it this time. When you hate watch something, it doesn't mean you hate something though. You just watch something with the intent. I enjoyed hating the size of their house. This watch. So that means that like every in their pool. I, was, I forgot <laughs> I was, about their fucking. I was just about to bring pool. it up. I was like, so you mean to tell me that like every step of the way, as we explore the property oh. a little more, like halfway through, you're like, oh. And a pool? Okay, I guess. <laughs> when Katie goes outside because, like, the demon's trying to get inside her, and she's like, no, I'm not having this, and she sleeps out on the on the, the outdoor swing. I was like, yeah, Must oh, be nice to have they a have swing. have an outdoor swing, do they? <laughs> mm. Hey, I mean, I didn't see a hammock, so they're not living that comfortably. I know it's a two-story house, but that demon would argue it's a three-story. 
Because he lives in the attic. Because he lives in the attic, yeah. I love that the, the demon, when you go upstairs into the attic, has pushed enough of the insulation away. <laughs> that he's like, I've made a little spot for myself here. Got my belongings. <laughs> like, one single photo. Like, he is, he needs less than raccoons need to live in an attic. <laughs> my favorite thing, though, about the entire movie and this is we're still in hate watch mode here. I'm okay. I'm teasing this movie more than this is the, more than the, I should. This because, is the killer, Kim. Because I do like you. this movie. Yeah. But my favorite thing when I watch this movie is I love really leaning on the fact that this demon has to live in the physical world. And so I picture every night it gets dark and he's gonna like push the catch open. He's gonna like lower himself <laughs> down. So you picture more of as like an invisible man. And then than like he else. because the room is so small, he's gotta like turn the light on. Yeah, why <laughs> so does he, he have to turn, turn the light on? It's like he can't see. And opening doors. <laughs> Like, walking past, and he's, like, trying to be secret about it. And he's like, they put fucking flower. And then they wake up, and he's just standing there. <laughs> oh, shit. And they're like, there's no footsteps out. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funniest thing about that is, like, if he's trying to be quiet, he does a piss-poor job because he is stomping around like a madman. <laughs> and then he gets mad that one time. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, slam the door. He's like, okay, sure. Yeah, fine. Go ahead, leave. Kicks the chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> Had enough of this shit. I don't get any blankets. P.S. Two things I really want to point out. There are no blankets in this movie. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) They sleep with just a bed sheet? This is bullshit. Now, uh, on the other hand, what time of year is it? Is it November? It's October. It's October. Right. So, I don't care where you are. It's cooling down. It's starting to cool down. You're not sleeping with just a bed sheet. Real talk here, though. In the summertime, we all put the fan on. In our rooms so that we can use a blanket when we go to sleep, right? We all do that. Like, oh, it's hot in here. Better turn the fan on so I can use my blanket like normal. I mean, I will say I uh, I run hot when I sleep. Like, I'm like an oven. So I will occasionally. Yeah, but then you just like, you're like, wait, 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 foot out. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's the only. That's the exhaust. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take one sock off tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I will go to sleep with that blanket, but wake up no blanket. And no socks and no pillow. Like some, like I just like start throwing stuff while I sleep. I'm like, ah, oh, it's hot. Gotta get rid of it. <laughs> like if I was half coherent, I might flip that pillow around, get that that cool exterior wall touch. But you know, uh, and in my sleepy days, I just start I, tossing stuff. You, I just, I set myself up for success. Yeah. No matter the season, it is optimal temperature for minimum one blanket. Okay. <laughs> It just, that's how it goes. Even if it's fucking, even if I'm sweating, leg out, blanket. But that's, that's how it goes. Now, in terms of setting yourself up for success, does that also include sleeping with the door wide open? I don't know. If you're trying to capture demons, it seems like the most plausible reason. If I was trying to get video evidence of a demon walking around in my house, especially my bedroom, I might just close the door to see if he opens it. Also, I don't know. There's just something about like, Sleeping with your door wide open? I don't know. It's like going to the bathroom with the door wide open. Like, you close it because, like, you are in your most... You, you don't feel like when you're going to sleep, you're in your most vulnerable state. The only reason why I sleep with the door closed right now is because the way we have the bed set up, I have this vantage point of outside and I'm afraid of seeing something move and then be terrified. Okay. But when the door so is you're closed, not denying I that also have fire moving. fears <laughs> <laughs> that our emergency exit we have impaired in some way. All right. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If it's open, you might catch ghosts. If it's closed, there's a fire. 
Why if that fucking handle's hot? The yep. handle is what you're worried about. No, I'm worried about opening it and be like, fire! And they're like, well, fuck, we're in the basement, we're dead. So. <laughs> we're getting into some deep root. <laughs> we went from one It doesn't out. sound like there is anything that I can do to make going to sleep less fearful of fire or ghosts. <laughs> Am I right? Those are the two things? You're not worried about, like, somebody breaking in. I mean, that's well, an occasional. <laughs> I have zero fears when I'm going to sleep. I gotta just point that out right now. That's my furious time. And you know what? <laughs> furious <laughs> time? <laughs> but, so this movie has tapped on something. Yeah. They are following that formula that like shit's fine during the day. Uh-huh. We're gonna review the footage. And mm-hmm. you know, good on the directors for having the previous night's footage like edited and ready to go the next day because <laughs> they're definitely watching some of the footage that they've already recorded in this movie. Because they're referring and talking about moments that are being played on the laptop in front of them. They're definitely using the raw footage within the film. Okay. Do you not agree? No, I don't. <laughs> I got... Okay. My <laughs> other point was that nighttime, scary time, the furious time of the year. Yep. Night. That's when the demon comes. Or the ghost. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Don't you think he's just coming because it's the most vulnerable time? Like he could come. I think maybe he's. <laughs> what if he's a ghost bear and so, he sleeps during the day? Back on my theory that he exists in the natural world yeah. and that he's a physical being. Yep. Maybe he's got night vision eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so everything else about him, and human he, man, but he night vision eyes. can't see during the day. No, see, I'd like to go back to he's my like theory. A mole. I'd like to go back to my theory that he's a ghost bear or I'll settle a ghost, ghost raccoon. Ghost bear is pretty good. Ghost raccoon. Because sleeps during the I day. I love you, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't walk upstairs diagonally. I can't chase you. Can what? Why diagonally? Because bears. So okay. So <laughs> don't ask me why I know this. Don't ask me why they taught it to me. Oh, maybe it's because I was camping as a lot as a kid. It, it's like if bears are chasing you, they can't run uphill diagonally. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is something they Why taught is me. this funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for some reason they can't do it. Like so, like that's how you get away from. Do them. they get frustrated and give up? Like, uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> they just roll down the hill. Like, or on the other hand, <laughs> they just do some trigonometry. Realize like, oh, he's headed over there. I'm gonna run up straight and over across and meet him up top. I'm gonna go north and then east. <laughs> Yeah, and then you're screwed no matter what. Because they, they say, like, don't run. You can't run downhill from a bear because obviously he's, like, 500 pounds. He's got gravity on his side. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Momentum. He tucks into a tight little ball. Rolls <laughs> down. I'm a Sonic the Hedgehog, you. Yeah. It's yeah, fuzzy yeah. and then it's sharp. This is also why it's so hard for him to get down the stairs at night because he's coming from an attic and he's a goddamn bear. <laughs> and he just rolls <laughs> That's one of my my other problems, not just about found footage, but about ghost movies in general, is that they do always escalate. And most most often the reason is like you're messing with it, you're egging it on. And that's the case they with this movie. They say that in this movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Mika brings in the Ouija the board. And, nope. <laughs> and, and the camera. <laughs> my mistake. Well, yeah, I was so sorry. I, I, what I'm trying to say is that Katie says, you know, everything was going okay until you brought the cameras and now it's gotten a lot worse. And when he's doing his research at the end of the movie, uh, he's saying that, like, this girl was, like, okay until they brought an exorcist. And then it got, like, way, way worse. But the lore of this movie is interesting because it's 
it's supposed to be this thing that we kind of gather has been following Katie her whole life. And now we're not we're not getting into the sequels here because they kind of changed the story around. We're going just what we know from this film. We probably should have said that like right at the beginning. Only talking about this movie. Yeah. So demon thing following fire childhood had these experiences. Now they're starting up again. We've kind of taken this as some kind of demonic paranormally presence that's following and very focused on Katie. Like a poltergeist, as it were. Sure. Poltergeists are focused on people, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, or a demon. But demon. We can go with demon. Sure. Even though that makes it not so much paranormal, but we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. Um. <laughs> does that make... What is the difference between paranormal and supernatural? They're not, right? I think they're just words. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, well, like, I gather paranormal is more like ghosts and spirits, whereas supernatural is more like... Freddy Krueger. Sure. What was your example going to be? Magic. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about this movie, though, is a lot of what happens is just visual scares, which are fun and they're great to watch because it's dark and scary and you're... You're following, especially on the first watch. This movie is really great on the first watch because there's so much of those dark, quiet moments where you're just looking and hunting for things. But why is what is the ghosts or the the specters' motivations in all of these scenes? Why is the specter lighting the Ouija board on fire? Why is the specter moving the door? Why is he turning the light on down the hall? Why is he jingling the chandelier or throwing keys off the counter or turning the taps on? Why those things? Like what? It, what are you? Your... I think I think all of it is to weaken Katie. I think that's what all of it is. The Ouija board, I can't really necessarily say one way or the other. Like, I think that one's kind of for the audience. The Ouija board leads to Mika finding that exorcism girl, right? Um, I don't really remember if that leads him specifically to that exorcism girl. Because he was, he was trying to decipher, like, what letters it had slid on, and then I... Th- think the name he came up with was the name of this girl who had died through the exorcism. Okay. So for, But why why would he be warning them? Unless- okay, well here's the thing, the biggest thing that he takes away from that that case study is that they shouldn't call the demonologist or the exorcist because things get exponentially worse and I think that girl dies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after they call the exorcist because now all of a sudden it's like they gave the demon power, the demon got mad and the demon attacked and fought back and ultimately uh, took that girl's life. Um, so by scaring them into not calling a demonologist, it figures it has uh, full reign on taking over Katie. It also just makes her more scared. We see like that is the peak of like, I don't want to stay in this house anymore. And that, that all changes because I think she has reached her, we'll call it rock bottom and the demons able, able to take over her. Like we see it slowly, like test driving Katie almost like it's, it's getting her to get up, get up out of bed and walk around and go outside. And it's hard to say which of those movements is Katie. Like maybe she goes outside because she's trying to get away from the ghost. Maybe it's trying to get her to leave the house. But I think all of it, everything from the the door moving to it walking around to pulling her out of bed, it's all in service of that demon trying to scare her and weaken her to a point where it can take her over. 
That's a really great theory. That's very plausible. Is that not what you were thinking? I'm totally sold on that. No, I was just, I honestly didn't think anything of it. Like, huh. I just watched You're it. Like, like, oh, spooks. Scary. Yeah. Oh, look, he's in the shadows. Oh, you know, this works because it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting thing about this movie is that it's, a lot of the movie is Mika versus, not versus Katie, but versus the the belief system that Katie has. So Katie is very sold from the get-go that this thing is real and it's been following her whole life. And and there's also, a, there's almost like a little bit of narcissism around it following her, you know what I mean? Like she's almost at first a little, not proud of it, but very into the fact that this thing is following her. Like I think she... Well, I think it's an interesting story you tell at parties. Yeah. It makes you an interesting person. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm feeling a little like sympathy leeching from the like oh it's after me yeah oh it's like we can't go on vacation because like oh, I have a this demon, demon flaring up followed. this week <laughs> my demon flare up and Mika doesn't want to make a big thing of it like he doesn't like getting these psychics involved he doesn't want the demonologist involved he kind of wants to handle it himself but apart from proving it exists he doesn't have a game plan i think he doesn't have plan, any strategy well I, I i would think maybe he thinks it's all bullshit right like she's like they wake up in the morning hey didn't i leave this over here why is it moved what was that sound we both heard it last night and she's like oh well, i gotta tell you uh i've been haunted my whole life and he was like yeah sure and she kept insisting on it so and he kept not necessarily laughing in her face but completely not believing her so i think it's almost like he's poking her a little bit even by getting the camera just by to show her that maybe it's not real i think one he wants he wants to find a ghost because it'd be great to get on footage yeah but ultimately, he's expecting maybe to find nothing. But once they have that, so night three, they have the door opening and closing on its own. They're, yeah. they're, they're capturing more and more things every night this goes on. And he still doesn't want to plan the next step. Like, get the demonologist, have the psychic come. Those things he's really butthurt about. Mm. And he has no... Apart from getting the footage, that is not in itself going to do anything in regards to their situation. He's just going to keep capturing this thing entering their room every night. I guess he figures that he can solve it himself. But what? Like, I don't see him doing any steps to do that. Not really. Until he does that demonology research of the possession girl near the end of the film. He's just wrapped up in his footage he's doing the evps he's re like replaying toys. stuff from the night before yeah i think it's i don't know he's a strange he's, a, he's an odd duck because like he i think they're all toys for him i don't know what he necessarily gets out of it because you're right it's like i don't really get the impression that he's like trying to protect her but you know you do see some of that in him by the end of the movie mm-hmm but for how goofy he is about all of it, it doesn't sound like he gives it any ounce of credit. Like, he he fully believes ghosts are not real. This is bullshit. This is hilarious. I don't want to pay to have a demonologist come into my house and scam me, I guess, would be his thought, right? But that doesn't make sense, though, because he does believe it at that point. They have the footprints and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He's a weird guy. Like, I can't. He's a weird character. I can't exactly pinpoint where and when he believes in it and how much credit he gives because mm -hmm. he's kind of just a big kid with the camera which leads me to think that 
he's not taking this seriously because he doesn't believe it's real. Yeah, and they really try to solidify too in this movie that that leaving doesn't make a difference because it's after her. Maybe there was some concern on the filming side of things that people would be like, why the fuck? And they why haven't they left yet? Why haven't they left yet? Why haven't they left yet? And side note. They do a really great job of tackling that in the Insidious movie. Oh, yeah. Where they do actually move to a brand new fucking oh, house. Man, that is the greatest moment of any horror movie ever. Like, we should move. Like, boom, new house. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they have that broad daylight scare where she's walking through the house and that whole, um, what's the song? Uh, a tiptoe through the tulips. Yes. Something. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Tiny Tom? Tiny Tim. The, the title would have sufficed, but... Oh, it's Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, By Tiny Tom. <laughs> Tim? I'm not sure. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, after saying it, I committing to it, I think it's Tiny Tom. Tim. Might be Tim. <laughs> My, <laughs> Tiny Tom's the donut, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, it's Tiny Tim, then. Yeah, they say it a bunch in this, like, oh, it doesn't matter if we leave, it doesn't matter if we go, and then finally it gets so bad after they're trying to drag... Uh, the monster's trying to drag Katie into the attic and she gets that bite on her back. They're like, fuck it. We're leaving anyways. It's happening. We're going. And then obviously that doesn't happen. Um, this is a crucial point of the movie for me. But if he's, I don't know. He does everything to get out of the house. Like he packs their bags. He loads the car. He makes arrangements, whatever that means. And he comes back to get her. Like he's put her in bed because she's hurt herself and she's physically and mentally exhausted. And when he comes together, like, all right, Katie, we're getting the fuck out of here. We're not spending another night in here. She insists they stay. And she thinks it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Which is interesting because it comes immediately after like a breakdown that she's having. And she says to him, she feels very calm and sedate at this point. Which is unlike how she was earlier that day, the day before. And I think that's because the demon has taken hold. Like it is. We it, all are aware the demon is yeah. taking hold, John. <laughs> well, yeah, she's also like looking through the cupboard. She too, fucking like, says something to the camera, and it's like, voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we'll be fine yeah. now. <laughs> Do we have any lemon? Like that scene where she's looking through the fridge, like <laughs> for different foods, as, as, almost as though she's pregnant, right? Like she has the demon in her at that point. She's just mad about the Ouija board, John. Oh, is that all it is? No, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I think she's totally possessed. Oh, definitely. But poor Mika's delusional, though. He has no solutions apart from his stupid camera. That's not going to do anything. We watched the movie escalate, and we we are all on board with the fact that this thing wants her. It's coming for her. It's it's gaining its strength by turning lights on and elbowing pictures. And sooner or later, it's going to snatch her. And it does, and they have no plan because there was no action throughout the movie. And I think that's the weirdest thing about this movie is how there's paranormal activity, but the humans are inactive. <laughs> hey, I mean, that does not necessarily surprise me so much when you can watch people go years without getting a doctor's checkup when they know full well something is wrong. Like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. Oh, I'm sure it's fine. Like, hey, you have terminal cancer and you're going to be dead very shortly. Like, that is not an uncommon Oof, story. Oh, John. Like, that is you not an... punch me in the gut with that one. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I mean, like, it's true. Like, people constantly brush stuff off because it's a lot easier than not dealing with it. And I think we are seeing a small aspect of that just in a paranormal setting. 
Like, it's, it's interesting that they go the extra mile of getting a camera and documenting it, but because they don't really do what they're supposed to and what they know they should do, all they end up doing is collecting evidence for the police later. Yeah. Yeah, like, in the same way that you are, you are just, like, incubating this tumor that a doctor can look at later and go, well, now that we've learned a few things here, we can help other people that come in sooner. Like, that is all you're doing by Oof. filming... This and I mean, like, and I understand it is a lot easier to just shrug stuff off. Like it is, it is so much easier to say, like, eh, let's just not worry about it and pretend it doesn't exist. We've all done that to some degree, but by just filming this, it it doesn't mean anything unless you act on it. Yeah, because even even then, they make that that second agreement where she lets him try the baby powder trick where he puts the baby powder on the on the several different entrances across the hall. Yeah. And she's like, if this doesn't work, I'm calling the psychologist. The psychic? The parapsychologist okay, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. The psychic. Call him the Ghostbusters. The, well, the guy that was already there. He's great when he first walks through the house when they first show up. One, he doesn't really like say too much about the camera. There is a quick moment like, oh, okay, well, what is that? <laughs> but, um, but other than that, when they're walking through the house, you can see that he is short of breath especially when they are upstairs and he's got his hand on his chest like he's he's doing a really good job of feeling labored like he's being drained of energy and there is something that doesn't want him there and it's so interesting that by the time he comes back it is so powerful that he can't even walk in the house Mm. so his trick even that in itself isn't anything else but collecting evidence because they're like okay well you can try your your powder trick but then if that doesn't work we're calling so and so they do his powder trick. Oh, surprise, surprise. There's footprints in the powder. And then they don't. Demon proof. Yeah. That is... The, oh, so, I mean, like... Okay, a door Like, moving. congratulations, you captured a spook. We are spooked. Yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly, you have captured a spook. That is the kind of videotape evidence that Hundini couldn't explain. Hundini. I don't know why I put an extra yeah, N in there. Yeah, heard it. Hund here. Hundini. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we reappeared the end. <laughs> It is bizarre that they don't leave then. That is that is the time that you leave. But I love, uh, like, the biggest thing that I love about this movie is is how real it is. Like, as much as I'm trying, is not trying, as much as I'm sort of slamming them for not taking action and not getting out of there when they should, I think it is very real to life. I think the whole thing is real to life. I think the reason that I'm annoyed with Mika at the beginning and why he's talking to the camera and being a goof in front of the camera is because that's what people do in front of cameras. People act like idiots because they think it's hilarious. And you watch back and you go, oh, it's not necessarily funny at all. But like, this is how people act in front of cameras. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is so good about this movie. And I don't think that any real person would have left. Mm -hmm. Like, even with the footprints, like, oh my God, that's fucked up, but where are we supposed to go? Especially when you compound that with, oh, it's a demon and it's following me. There is nowhere else we can go. Mm, I would just keep going away. I agree. (laughs) I, I probably would too, but I think that's what everybody says. And I think you still wind up with a lot of people, the majority of people not doing that. Yeah. One of the biggest things... I'm talking like this is something that happens every day. Like, I don't believe in demons. One of the biggest things that I enjoy about this movie is probably one of the, um, the, the most flack it gets is that it is so subtle in its scares. Mm-hmm. And that's 
probably what you can attribute grounds this the most in reality that there aren't any big visuals. We don't have any big ghostly specter scenes. Because really... that's what a movie would do. Exactly. There really is only the footprints, the chandelier swinging, um, the bite, the door moving, the lights going on and off. There's... Her being dragged out of that bed. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some action. Like, there's and the height of it. And, you know, the stuff that they do, like the sheets and stuff moving, it all looks great. And oh, the yeah. shadows cast. Like, I know a lot of that's done in post. They has to be done in post because you can see everything around it. It looks great. And, I love it. And maybe that was just a really smart idea and doing it on the grainy night cam footage. And they, they can really play in that space easier than they could if we were seeing it in broad daylight. But it looks great. It holds up. It's just enough amount to hold your disbelief in watching a found footage film and not feel too hammed. It's the perfect amount, I think, of the paranormal activity to make this movie both scary and still stay in the realm of believability. It's a solid movie. Like, I really, really like this movie a lot. And um, I think we've talked about it before on the show, but real quick, which which ending do you like the most? Mm. You've got your theatrical ending, which is, is the standard Katie goes downstairs, screams, kills Mika, comes up, throws him at the camera, and then eats the camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't love the lunge at the camera. It's nice to have some horror level closure at the end it's nice that when we even though we've heard kind of the scuffle downstairs the confirmation that katie is possessed and mika is dead the foot stomping coming upstairs is like really great because we hear those same stomps that you heard before but this time it has a body connected to it which is great um actually that reminds me of what i had actually really wanted this movie to be the first time i saw it was that it wasn't actually this demon thing that they'd set up. It was actually like they were haunted by the time loop of Katie going crazy and killing Mika. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And so that what the sounds that, is, that yeah. they heard were permanently the, the sounds of the night that Mika was murdered by her. Oh, man. And that there was no demon. That was my You're dream. You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah, so that was my dream for what this movie would be. The demon story is still great. I think it's still fun. It's a little bit more fantastical, but... Man, I love a good time loop haunting. <laughs> Everybody's haunted by time. That's a great theory. That's amazing. Um, but the other ending is definitely more lasting and more like it it sticks with you more. It sticks with you, but it kills franchise opportunity. Exactly. That's definitely why they didn't use it. Agreed. Because in it, we see uh, Katie go downstairs. Mika follows. You hear the death, but she doesn't come back up with him. She just comes back up by herself and rocks back and forth in front of the bed for a day and a half. For a long time, yeah. Yeah, until a friend comes by, finds Mika's body, gets the police, the police come, and then she, like, snaps out of her daze, is still holding the knife and covered in blood, and the the police shoot her. Um, That's a great ending. Mm -hmm. That's an awesome ending. Yeah, and they do a really great job of the, we didn't even mention it, the time lapse on the camera. I don't know how they did it unless they actually had these actors just fucking sleeping and acting at the same time and yeah like i don't know i have no idea i think they might have just like done some trickery like they probably had them lay in bed for a while stand you know get up walk around stand here for x amount of time and like if if there's enough movement they can probably just make it appear as though she was standing there for two and a half hours yeah because sleep. like i totally believe she was standing there for three hours that one night agreed i totally believe that with that fucking sway <laughs> And that's a great theory, too. Like, the possession thing where she's 
she's like brooding and sleepwalking at the same time. That's yeah. so spooky. Just to think of what's going on in that scenario. Do you think it's trying to kill him that first time that she gets out of bed, but it doesn't have the power to do it? Mm. It's coming over to kill him. I always just assumed it was like demon meditating. Like it's meditating on <laughs> on the things it's planning on doing. You got to put it out in the universe before it can happen. Yeah, you, yeah. the secret. You got to will it into existence. <laughs> Okay, so I think it's safe to say that this is your favorite of the franchise. Oh, definitely. Yeah, me definitely. too. So, I pretend all the other ones don't exist. I, uh, <laughs> You know, there are some good ones, but they, they did a great job building off a movie that was not supposed to have sequels whatsoever. They did an awesome job building out a world, but I don't think any of them are nearly as good as that first one. And I, I totally get why people don't like this movie. It is it is slow and subtle, but it's that subtlety that I think is its biggest strength. Yeah, the less you know, the the more you gather from the, the terror to be seen. Because yeah. you don't what you don't know is what scares you. And it, it gives you so much to be scared of in this movie because up until the possession, um, you don't know what it's actually doing. No. No, 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 not at all. What, um, what's your rating? Um, I'm gonna, you know, I, I've really pushed on this movie a lot, but that was literally just because I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Uh, I love this movie, and it's one of the most watchable horror movies for me. I love rewatching this movie. Um, I'm gonna give it a three and a half out of four because it, I think it started this world of horror that we're in now, and it does not get enough credit for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think this movie gets the credit it deserves i think the the entire franchise does mm -hmm. so you, you can't really knock it for that but I don't, I don't think enough people are putting this on the top of like when they when people are ranking paranormal activity movies i don't think this one's coming near the top like when you look at film gross versus budget this is the most profitable movie of all time it's in, it cost nothing and it made so much i don't have actual numbers so <laughs> <laughs> I'm also giving this movie a 3.5 out of 4. Uh, I really want to give it a 4 out of 4. The only reason I'm not giving this movie a 4 out of 4 is because the Blair Witch Project is, exists. That's really the only thing that's... Okay, you can't just judge this movie on its own? No, I'm just saying that you, you have to judge a found footage movie as a found footage movie. That's the only detriment to found footage films. So in order to judge it as a found footage movie, it has to be judged against another found footage No, movie. I'm just saying that the Blair Witch Project we'll get to, we'll get okay. to it all right we'll get to we it we will get to it okay it's a sliding scale either way 3.5 out of 4 from the both of us because i think we both love it but we know that it's got its faults uh still much better than everybody gives it credit for and if it's been a while since you've seen it i highly recommend revisiting the original paranormal activity the movie that Spe steven spielberg apparently couldn't finish he, I remember hearing when, before Universal, I think, had bought it, that they had given it to him to watch, maybe to fix the ending, I have no idea, but the story, which is most likely fake, is that he returned the next day to whoever had given him the video with it in a black garbage <laughs> bag and said, I don't want this in my house, get rid of it. <laughs> that would be scary, though. Can you imagine seeing this movie and having it not be packaged up with a title yeah like, like they just give you a blank DVD. and they're like we want to buy this and you're like you're like this is real we can't no this is the ring movie no <laughs> like are they okay are those two still alive you bring those actors in <laughs> <laughs> i need to see them and i need them in the room with me while i watch it <laughs> what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Moving on, though, let's talk about the OG found footage movie, Pretending Cannibal Holocaust Doesn't Exist, the movie that started it all, The Blair Witch Project. And I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. of the three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, um, a few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some, uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? I'm so scared. And so, from 1999... And so... And so on. And it was written... Henceforth, The Blair Witch Project, directed by Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez, is currently sitting at a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, and a solid four out of four from Roger Ebert. Wow. Yep. Good I don't know why Ebert. we always put him on such a pedestal, because it's not like he loved horror movies. No. I, maybe that's why. Because, like, when when the rare one came. Yeah. You're just like. I think he gave Eyes Wide Shut a four out of four, though. What? Yeah. It's just, that's an interesting one. So the Blair Witch Project. When was the first time you saw this? What was the circumstances you, was it a was it a, like a sleepover party? Did did you know about this movie before you saw it? Now I do not remember when I I myself first saw this movie, mm-hmm. but I bet you saw it spoofed on stuff before you actually saw it. No, oh. so you missed out on this train because you are the oldest child in your family. Uh-huh. That I got all of the urban legend stuff, so I got all of the um. These people were real. Um, they found these tapes and they turned them into a movie. Oh, you mean like your and older brothers or sisters would try and scare you? By well, saying one, that? I think it was part two to try to scare me. I honestly, my sister was only four years older than me, so she probably believed it herself. But she saw it in theaters like opening week, and I remember having the movie retold to me, like sitting on her floor and oh, her like telling me. Or whatever. So the first time I watched this movie was my sister telling it to me on the floor of her bedroom right after she saw it opening weekend. So cool. And it was real. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they really died. <laughs> I'm almost positive that uh, it's it was a movie that had circulated the playground before anybody necessarily saw it. Like the people that were telling me about it, I didn't necessarily believe that they had watched it. 
but maybe their older brothers had. Mm. Um, but we all knew like everything about this. Movie it was before real before we saw in it. the foundation. Oh, totally. <laughs> Found the tapes. The tapes. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of them in the corner, and like we don't know why. And then bam, dead. That was mostly the explanation. Anybody was talking about like, and then there's branches, and then they find like an ear, a toe, and then, toe. My mistake. It's goop. Oh, so gross. Blood, everything. It's goo. It's slime. Why? Why just my stuff? Why the slime? Corner standing in it doesn't die, but then does. But you don't <laughs> see it. But we know he dies. Like, this is basically how kids describe movies. Yeah. And then I probably saw it spoofed everywhere before yeah definitely it. saw the the old scary movie, um right? this is my fault runny nose yeah took spoof um the sniff sniff got spoofed on everything i i insisted we come out here i insisted we did all this stuff i'm sorry my mom mike's mom josh's mom and everybody's mom and and it's my fault it's my project but stop the tape because i'm about to say some very real shit we're gonna die out here. That was the worst thing about I'm watching. Scared it this when I time. close my eyes, I'm afraid to open them. Oh, it's so good. I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting the speech you're, like head on. I think you're getting it pretty good. <laughs> I got a quick question for you about that scene specifically. Do you think she knew how she was framing the shot? I well, I can tell you something, but the actress does not like that scene. <laughs> well, because it's like up her nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and she's got a runny nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So I That's, think she probably mm. thought it was more selfie style, yeah. right? Like she's getting her whole face. It's like when you try and take a selfie with a Polaroid, and then you realize, like, oh, this is just like my oh, this eyes. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got nothing in that shot. It's just above my head and eyeballs. Now that's the one thing, and, and that's a great point because. The fact that it's not the most glamorous shot in the world and it's the most iconic shot of the film is what I I celebrate the most about this movie is it nails authenticity in a way I don't think another horror film has ever neared the level of authenticity. This is one of the the most realistic films ever. I'm so with you. And I think part of that is is based on the fact that the filmmakers we're scaring them as real people while filming. Well, and a lot of this film is like a giant improv. They were given these characters, they were given these cameras, they were put out in these in the woods, and they they were given this really spooky le- legend. And and there's got to be some psychology in that. You know how crazy it would be if they if they actually had some kind of um, psychologist along with them watching the oh. like the mental impact that like, okay, giving they are at that a point creating where, like, a legend yeah. and throwing these people to the woods and like we're making a movie this is all a movie and stuff but then having filmmakers coming to your tent in the middle of the night when you're actually trying to sleep and cracking branches and having kids talking like because like what what they're that's really gonna doing. create some real fucking fear yeah they're ruining their sleep patterns they're not getting a good night's sleep so it's they are off guard the whole time like obviously they are not as starved as they appear to be in the movie because mm-hmm. that's just nuts like, yeah, it, would be, it would make but no they sense probably weren't smoking even though they were smokers they, oh good point they were damp they were cold they were tired like yeah the, those like the situation all have is real physical um effects on you yeah and it just wore them down to a point where they like the line between who those characters were and who the people were really got blurred i who who even knows like they probably spent so many sleepless nights 
out staring into the darkness that, yeah, maybe that urban legend is actually true because they talked to a bunch of townspeople at the beginning of this movie. Some of them were actors who were feeding them dialogue about about the Blair Witch, but some of them were just real people. And I don't know that the actors necessarily knew who were other actors and who were just real people. Mm. Because I, I would take it that, that that older lady who's telling the story of the witch, like, and there was long hair, hair on her, her arms, arms, and then and and, and then and her then chest. She, she opened her blouse. Yeah, and then she was, goes on forever. She's definitely an actor. <laughs> She's definitely an actor. I assume, but oh, I don't I know. I assumed everybody was actors. All of them? Yeah. Everybody? I don't know. Did you research this or are you just pulling it out of your butt? I think I might be just be pulling it out of my butt. See, here's the problem. Like, too much of this movie is urban legend and myth. And then when you read something, there's no guarantee that it's necessarily true. Especially if it's, even if it's an interview that the directors had given around the time this movie had come out. Because they were really, at least the distributors, were really trying to say, oh no, this is real. This is is totally real. Because it was... Unlike any other film that had come out. And people genuinely thought it was real. I remember people saying you should not go see this in the movie theater because it's real. But, so even as like a 12 year old, I was like, that's, it's, yeah. it's not real because this is exploited. Like this exploits people that died. Paramount yeah. or whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. bought this cannot, you cannot sell this. Yeah, <laughs> unless all three of them are on Oprah the same week the movie's coming out going like, yeah, you know, it was really traumatic and all, but like, I'm glad that people, you know, I'm glad we can share our story. Like that's the only time where it's real. Like if they're like, oh no, we're dead. Yeah, all of us, we died. <laughs> it's, that's not, that's not going to happen. You're never going to watch real death on camera um another thing i did want to talk about you grazed on the townspeople and i did really want to talk about them what i love i i'm I'm gonna keep saying what i love most about this movie but yeah something i really appreciate about this film is that uh there's not a lot of time dedicated to creating the lore because this film hasn't been made yet so the film that they're making within this film does not exist. Yeah. So we don't quite know all of the stops and all of the points and all the facts. Like they, they get to talk about Coffin Rock where these men were sacrificed and they're talking about some of the different legends surrounding Burkittsville. When we hear the different town people talk about the urban legends that they have personally heard, none of them quite fit together seamlessly. Yeah, they're all a little wrong like from each other. urban legends, a lot of them are different and they pose different... Um, scenarios. There's one guy who's a serial killer who thinks he's working in service of the witch and he had a cabin in the woods and he used to kill kids there. Then there's a woman whose feet never touch the ground. There's yeah. the woman that's covered in fur. There's a lot of different legends. And then when you add Coffin Rock there, where these men were sacrificed in, in this kind of ritualistic, barbaric way, and you have the, the grave site with the stone graves. Once we finally get the the horrors of this movie where we have our three campers Heather Mike and Josh experiencing some of these paranormal events at night they kind of prove all of the urban legends to be true mm. we have that is the, the craziest thing about we, this movie we have the cabin with the kid in the corner and the and yeah. there's handprints all over the wall so many goddamn like handprints. that's fucking terrifying but we have the ritualistic sigil of the the wooden figures made we have the I don't know the right term, but the gravesite's made out of the rocks. All of these things are proving different parts of these urban legends true. So it's almost like they could all be true. 
And that's a power you that's a power you only get with urban legends and myths. You don't get that with movies where you literally have to nail down. You have everything. to have some kind of an arc in a story, but Yeah. Not in a found footage movie though, because we are capturing real life and those stories that are spoken and passed along. Uh, like chain letters almost like they they have that broken telephone aspect but that's what makes them sort of special and it's it's crazy that a movie which traditionally up until this point had a format that had to explain uh, its mythology and its rules its inner workings like it breaks all of those because uh, it is more true to life so th- that's what's great like the 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 journey that these characters go on like the the trip into the woods and their demise ultimately is better as a found footage movie because we're with them on that trip and like we're watching their follies and whatnot, but also just the Blair Witch itself can exist as all of these things and as terrifying as it is untouched because we don't expect this movie to follow the same beats that a Hollywood big budget production It doesn't find her in all the spots she is in the woods. She finds them. Which is the difference between Blair Witch Project and I think any other found footage film. If it was any other found footage film, they would be discovering the Blair Witch in making... Their documentary would turn into The Hunt for the Blair Witch. Mm, Yeah. And they would go through the house and Which they'd is be the Blair recording Witch, different things right? and they would yeah it this movie is is them trying to survive it becomes them trying to survive while being hunted by this entity that we get to learn nothing about you know what's oh you know what is so great about this movie now that i'm thinking about it uh because like you're saying yeah it turns into a survival game uh which is that point in the movie where you're saying why do you still have the cameras on? This movie literally gives you two of those why are the cameras on moments. We have the intro where she's saying, hey, we're making a documentary. We're going up to Burkittsville. We're going to figure out what's going on with the Blair Witch. And, we, you know, we have all these moments uh, where she's establishing everything. But then halfway through the movie, when shit has gone wrong and it is now a get back to the van or just survive until help finds you. Why are the cameras still on? And we literally have a moment where Josh. Oh, so good! This is the greatest scene. Like, why? Well, uh, okay, I'm gonna. Also, I'm going to. They're say not that coming a lot. to help you. They're not. Like, oh, uh, it is so rough because they are. They're out of food. They're out of cigarettes. They are at each other's throats. And he says to her, "I know why you keep filming this. I figured it out now. This is a lens in which you can watch everything through. It's a filter because you are no longer experiencing it. You're not here with us in despair and dying." you are simply filming it like you you're not actually experiencing this if you have the camera as a filter which is crazy which i think might maybe we're looking into this a little too much maybe that's also why her breakdown moment is not a scene where she's looking through the camera it's where she's looking into it because she's not filtering anything right oh so good one of the biggest strengths of this movie is how terrifying it makes just the woods. There's nothing necessarily scary about looking at the woods or a creek with a tree going across it, but holy shit, after you've been with these characters for a few days where they are wandering around and they are lost and they are scared and they find the exact same spot that they oh, were at at the beginning of this movie. Her acting in that scene where she's like, it's not the same tree, it's not the same tree. Yeah, and when see, like, this, this is another part of it. The defeat when she finally yeah. realizes the same fucking fallen the tree. The humanity in that scene where you're talking about the cinematography 
cinematography being human, she's not actually filming the creek or the tree while she's having that despair. The camera's basically pointed at her feet while it's happening because she's so overcome with the horror of that moment that she's not she's not a filmmaker in that moment. She is a lost person. So good. I love this movie too much. Like, this movie is is so perfect to me. You know, I really love movies that are so thought out and so planned and so perfect and they have perfect arcs and the characters grow and all of those things that make movies great and have worked us into this world where there are formulas. Formulas exist because they do work. Oh, yeah. They create a final story and they, they allow audiences to leave with closure and all the things that they wanted, all the things they were promised in the trailer. It's why we use the word journey when we talk about movies. But then every once in a while you have a movie that comes and, and does something completely different and it makes you wonder if it's worth it to have a formula just so there are people that can break it and make these miraculous things. Like when I watch this movie, I'm like, we should just not have scripts anymore. <laughs> because so this movie, I, I I heard it had like a 35 page like plot script. Yeah. And there was no dialogue given to the actors. They were given scenarios. They were put in this um, in the situation and they knew their characters and they just went. And there's so much authenticity in everything they say to each other. There's never a moment where I, I'm like, Mm, Heather yeah, like, always sounds like the character of Heather. Yeah. Josh is always Josh. Mike is always Mike. Especially when the, the chips are down, right? And, like, when and they, they start losing it. And when they get start getting more stressed and more afraid and they get more at edge when they're not smoking and they're not eating and they're not drinking. Oh, yeah. Like those scenes become, are the best where they're, they're oh. like uncontrollable laughter. Like they should not be laughing right now. But that's what happens when you stay awake for 18 hours. You know, like shit that should be very serious uh, all of a sudden becomes funny. Like it's, just, like it's it's uncontrollable. There's nothing you can do about it. And yeah, like that anger that they have. I get the impression that Josh and Heather are old friends. Um, Mike is somebody that they don't know. They've essentially they've hired him. Yeah, they've gotten him off yeah. like the 1999 version of Kijiji. But um, the way that they turn on each other is is so great. I think a pe- I think people give this movie a lot of flack for it being slow and boring and just thinking like, oh, these people don't know how to make a movie. But I think it requires a very deep understanding of that formula that you're talking about and and just film language and knowing film for you to break all of those rules so i i really hate hearing that this is just like a lazy movie that that happened to be good or they just fucked around and edited together the good pieces like i really do think but that this movie in itself was... though is a feat there was 20 or something hours of footage for this movie and they cut it into an 88 minute film or whatever it is this was not a movie until they made it a movie it was just footage yeah it was a slab of concrete that they had to chisel into an actual statue exactly the same as with what we do in the shadows i have no doubt in my mind that they could have made 12 films out of the footage that they took oh yeah 12 hilarious film but they made one movie that is probably the funniest movie i've ever seen in my (laughs) entire life because they whittled it down and they whittled it down and they created this hilarious narrative that also happens to be a found footage movie yeah well we start skirting in mockumentary you know all found footage movies are mockumentaries Blair Witch, no, is, Blair Witch Project is the exact same thing, and they took the best moments of the film and the, the tensest moments and the, the greatest, rawest moments of these characters in this vulnerable situation and 
I, I don't think anything that raw and real has been felt in film ever. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely like jaw droppingly. Every insane. single time I watch this movie, I am completely dumbfounded about how I'm like, wow, it's still really fucking great. Yeah, it's insane. It's impressive. It's also terrifying. It's still spooky. Yeah. You know, the craziest thing about this movie is that uh, like it, it still follows that, you know, formula of. Uh, you have to see your monster at the end of the movie. Like, let's just use Jaws as a format. You don't see the shark forever. There is the threat of the shark, and there is the circling of the shark out in the water. That is the exact same thing with Blair Witch. And at the end of Jaws, you see the shark. And at the end of Blair Witch, you're supposed to see her. And you do to a degree. They give you, I I should phrase it like that, they give you the Blair Witch, but you don't see it the way you would in a normal movie. Mm -hmm. Um, there There is a moment where Katie has dropped her camera and we can hear her and Mike screaming through the house that they find looking for Josh um, and something picks up the camera. You know it's not Katie. It's her camera. She dropped it and you, you know it's not Heather. You, you hear her screaming in the distance, but something has picked her camera up, and it is walking through the house very smoothly, very confidently, until it gets to the basement where we we find Mike in the corner, and we, we hear Katie screaming very close, and that is way more terrifying than actually seeing the Blair Witch, because we're with it. It's, it's, it's intimate like we're with the monster that we even just be any of the moments in the house i would argue that you are seeing the witch when you see the house because the house validates the urban legends when they finally see the handprints on the wall when you see the um josh with his head in the corner it it validates and the validation is proof positive that there's something paranormal happening oh it's insane i i I also think that not showing her is a genius move because it plays into the idea of an urban legend or a myth. Because if you don't see her and you don't define who she is or what she does... She's all of them. She's all of them, exactly. And that's why people are scared of monsters in the woods because they've heard all of these overlapping, conflicting stories and it could be one of them. It could be any of them. It could be all of them. And that's exactly what the Blair Witch is. The Blair Witch is all of your fucking fears. Oh, I also think that uh, the reason they have that 16 millimeter camera, we were talking about it during the movie. We've got a digital camera and a 16 millimeter camera. And I think the only reason we have that 16 millimeter camera is because it looks very, very close to black and white um, in low light situations. Like when we first find that house and we are going through those dark hallways, it is so goddamn scary it is when terrifying you're, yeah when you're cutting back between those two cameras you've got uh the the, the newer digital camera and the 16 millimeter camera there is a very they're both different... recording two different movies oh yeah a hundred percent both of them are scary but both are terrifying one is is like oh this is some kids exploring like an abandoned house like it is and the other camera is some kids trapped in a haunted house uh one other thing i wanted to point out that we didn't really mention after Mike disappears. Um, the subsequent nights after, when they're hearing him screaming, but only the nights following, Ugh. there's a really great line that just totally up. So it's terrifying regardless, but they say that can't be Mike because if it were Mike, he would know to be shouting where he is. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Because it's taken his voice, essentially, Yeah, right? the, yeah. he would know to be shouting something about, like, so that they could find him. Like, he would be saying, like, I'm by the river, or he would be saying... Like, come over here, yeah. help me. Well, he, he was just... saying, help me. Oh, that's sorry. But, mistake. yeah, it uh, it was so chilling. And it, just hearing him screaming only at night, why isn't he screaming during the day? Yeah, it's like it's absorbing him, right? Like, it's the fucking bear from Annihilation. And it's... We don't know how the Blair Witch operates. We know there's, there's slime. We know that it investigated all of his stuff. Um, and I, I don't know what all that slime is, but, like, it's probably just drool, right? Like, it's probably just this witch might be drool. sap. Oh, it could be sap. Maybe she's a tree. Yeah, maybe she's a tree person. That was, I think that was a big prevailing theory after the um, the newer film because they had a lot of, like, weird tree lifting and Oh, yeah, that's and, right. And the GoPro not being able to see anything. And that, but I think... That she was just a tree that whenever they were looking, it was just a tree. <laughs> maybe they were also trying to say that she can control the forest, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, especially in the Blair Witch Project, the fact that they wind up back in the same place, it's as though the forest has moved around. Yeah. Which is also a great thing. Like, you hear hunters who've been lost in the woods and they they keep saying like i mean it's it's not uncommon to find out that people were just like walking in circles the whole time but then you have experienced trackers who know what they're doing that swear they walked past the exact same thing this like several times even though they know that they're heading due east based on where the sun is and this and the moss and the oh head toward water i don't know anything about tracking i don't know (laughs) if i got lost in the woods i'd be just like these kids in the movie i'm dead like it's they had a compass though yeah they had a compass and a map for a little while. Yeah. I kicked that fucking map. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked it right in the water. Oh, it's so funny. Oh. I love that scene. I love that scene so much because it's an irrational thing to do. But at the time, like, it just seemed like, well, this is useless and hopeless. We don't fucking need it. And, like, the confession of it, uh, I don't know. Like, the way that these actors play out exhaustion is incredible i would love maybe not actually i would but i would like to know what they were using as inspiration for those moments or at least just for maybe not inspiration but what got them to that place like what were they were thinking about that brought them to that level or or even just research like what like is there just readily available footage of people that have gone through sleep deprivation like what's that like unless they just filmed themselves not sleeping for a long time like they got method about it right (laughs) um i don't think they necessarily had to be method on the set for this movie because it sounded like they were being woken up in the middle of the night and they were being scared and terrorized and that's just fucking awful okay so two things i'm posing to you yeah first thing they offer camping in the same forest where they filmed the blair witch project yep it's in maryland not Burkittsville, because I guess Burkittsville isn't real. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Hmm. It's in some town in Maryland. You can camp there. Maximum three people with you. Oh, God. And you can't see anybody else. There's a lot of people doing it. Yeah. They, they put them in a large enough space that, like, you get the true Blair Witch experience. If you want the true Blair Witch you experience. You and two strangers. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. You or two two friends and a stranger. Yeah. Like, at least two of the people of the three know each other. But one of them is an is a odd one out. So, and they, they promise they're not going to spook you with, like, crackly trees and stuff. Like, it's all going to be natural, organic. Sure, sure, and sure, sure, sure. Whatever. Would you, would you do it? Absolutely. Okay. You wouldn't. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't think you would. I I'd would, be the one. I would tag come with along. you, and I would stay at like the inn in town and do like the Blair Witch gift shop. You'd have email updates. You're like, oh, it appears they're lost. <laughs> oh, look, they got Blair Witch things for your rearview mirror. <laughs> Find some twigs. That would be me. Oh yeah, uh, Blair Witch cocoa. All about it. Uh, you know, I, I would only do that if it was an event. Like, I know some. F- I I know some people that used to go camping like right at the edge of winter. Or, like, right at the break of spring, and they would just, like, canoe for, until they were tired and set up camp. Like, that crazy, like, in the middle of nowhere, go with no food, hunt, like, fish, like, just living in the wild. I would never do that. Weird. I would never, ever, ever do that. It sounds like the beginning of a horror movie. Okay, so part two. Yeah, part two. Part two. That Mm -hmm. is my proposed refresher sequel to The Blair Witch Project. Is instead of uh, what we got a couple years ago, mm. the um, my friends whatever. Now it's like a Hell House sister. LLC, but Blair Witch Project. So, and then what it is is the the proposed theme of the film is that the fear created by a false urban legend creates a real urban legend. So we're talking American so, gods like mashed together with Hell so, House. All right. People go to the same forest where they film the Blair Witch Project and Blair Witchy shit starts happening because of the belief in it. And literally the people that plotted this out that went to where that house was supposed to be, a clearing, may- maybe planted some rubble. But when they go back there again there's two days later, there's a whole fucking house whole goddamn house. All right. That's the sequel. I'm down with it. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. But here's the problem. You got to show the witch. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Otherwise, people hate the movie because they didn't get the witch initially, and now you need more. That's bullshit. I'm not going to go with that. Like, that is something you hear about all the time. Like, thanks, Reddit. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, well, rules, you know, you gotta, you didn't get it the first time, you need more. No, 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 no. You make a good movie, nobody cares what rules you broke. But this one isn't, is selling something completely different. That's true. This one's selling the psychology of creating, creating something paranormal from the fear of, from the fear of it. And the other thing is you are supposed to be isolated. Like so we've manifested a like, Blair Witch out yeah, of I like that a lot. Out of a film that we made. Or we're all just crazy at the end of it and we all collectively hallucinated that Blair Witch. Maybe we did. And we got one person who survived and is now in jail for the murder of twenty three other people. <laughs> that sounds great. I would a thousand percent do that. Even if they said that we might scare you in the middle of the night. Like, okay. I'm down. Oh, I wouldn't be able to. It's an event. It's the same reason why I'm going to do Blackout the next time that I can do Blackout. Because they're not going to waterboard me. They're not going to murder me. It's a theater experience. The insurance would be insane if they actually hurt me. Ugh. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't even go in those, like, kid-safe haunted houses. But you like roller coasters. This is just an adult roller coaster. Yeah, but they're they're not scary. They're scenic. (laughs) And then okay. make your stomach get butterflies. All right. I understand. There is a big difference between the two of those things. But I'm starting to get numb, and I just need to feel something again, <laughs> Kim. Is there anything else about Blair Witch that you wanted to mention that we did not talk uh, about? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm worried that if we keep talking about it, we're just going to be two big fangirls. I had a really hard time not saying, like, and my favorite scene was this, and I also had a favorite scene like this. Because, yeah, that's that's how I feel about this movie. Every time I watch it, I am absolutely blown away by it. Like, absolutely blown away. I think it is a near-perfect movie. Totally. If thousand not percent. actually perfect movie, possibly. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> oh, man. 
It is so fucking good. Yeah. And, you know, I don't normally put this on my favorite film lists. It normally makes, it makes the top of my found footage list. This is my favorite found footage movie. But I don't ever put it on my film list. And every time I watch it, I'm like, this is my favorite movie. Yeah. This is the best movie ever made. And I always seem to forget about it. And maybe it's because it it got the hype it kind of deserved. You know how something, you say something, it's, oh, like, that's underrated. And, like, Blair Witch is overrated and underrated at the same time. Like The Thing or The Shining. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Movies that are overrated Nirvana. but underappreciated. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm a thousand percent with you. Um, it got as much attention as it needed, but maybe not as much lasting praise. Yeah, like we need to keep loving this movie because it is fucking amazing. So I think I could probably guess your score. It's a four out of four. It's a four out of four <laughs> for me, which um, I don't know that this is necessarily something I'll continue to do, but I thought it would be really interesting that if I prepared for movies that I thought you were going to give a four out of four, if I would read you some one out of four ratings from Letterboxd. No. <laughs> don't worry. They're basically exactly what you would expect. Um and I had some prepared for Paranormal Activity, but I can't use them. Uh, one out of four stars from... Sorry, my mistake. This is a half star Oh, from Brady on Letterboxd. Another example of a failed film. This film was one of the worst films I have ever seen. I don't get why everyone makes this out to be so great. It was slow, and it was dry as a desert. I would not recommend this film to anyone unless you want to fall asleep. Half star. I don't know. This, this one's probably my favorite, though. Uh, it just, uh, with asterisks beside it, just says, loud snores. <laughs> loud snores! Right? Uh, it's pretty awful. I'm insulted. <laughs> I know. And that's why I wanted to read it, because I knew it would just hurt you. <laughs> that seems mean. That's not why I wanted to do it. I I thought it would be an interesting juxtaposition between our praise uh, and other people's uh, contempt. Wow. You know, some for some people, found footage is just not for them. I think that's par- probably part of it. Because it, it's it's a rule breaker. It's If you're going in expecting a regular movie, it doesn't follow the same beats. And I think that's what makes it feel boring. I agree with you, but that's good found footage. Because yeah. there's a lot of not good found footage that does follow all the regular beats. And that's where you get the argument, why is the fucking camera on? Yeah, exactly. Why are we catching everything? Yeah, see, that that is the thing. I think a lot of found footage movies don't need to be found footage. They just don't have the budget to make it a big movie. I think that they don't have the balls to not show everything. Mm. You need to ha- you need to be very confident in the story you're telling to not show it all to us. Yeah. Cuz um they didn't tell them where to point the camera. The stuff was happening around them and they captured what they could. But let us know what you thought about the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, the two found footage films that we have ranked pretty high up on the list. Would you say two best found footage movies ever made? I would say number one and number two. All right. Yeah. What's number three? Is it Cloverfield? Um, Deviation, I think. Ugh, Cloverfield, maybe. Poughkeepsie tapes. It's hard. Poughkeepsie tapes or As Above So those three anyway, are tied for third we're very certain on number one and number two <laughs> um but yeah let us know what you thought of those two films and any other found footage films you enjoy if you have any underrated ones or lesser known we would love to hear them oh, because please. i am always down to watch a found footage flick they are my my most guilty pleasure of horror genres mm-hmm. subgenres. oh yeah I ran out to the theater to watch Chernobyl Diaries I don't know that anybody else did but I did and I liked it <laughs> We're going to stick around for a few more minutes and play a game that Kim's put together called 
Why are the cameras on? I mean, we've said it a thousand times. That is the biggest crux when it comes to found footage films. Why do they keep on filming? Well, hopefully John can remember because I am lightning round quizzing him on a ton of different found footage films and he's going to have to remember why the fucking camera's on. I'm rolling on my sleeves right now. I'm, <laughs> a, I'm getting ready for this. But you can only get that as a Patreon supporter, existing or new, at patreon.com slash nightmareonfilmstreet. We also have a ton of awesome perks and rewards in exchange for supporting the show. There's merchandise, shoutouts, hours more bonus episodes and content, and all sorts of stuff over there. While you got your phone in your hand, before you before you press pause or before you, you skip over to another episode, uh, if you could go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this and leave a five-star rating and review, it helps the show exponentially. Exponentially? It really helps the show. It helps us get uh, in front of more fiends and grow the horde. It's a quick and easy way to support the show with just a few minutes of your time and a few little taps on your on your phone. But that's it from us this week. You can catch us two Thursdays from now with another full-length episode. In the meantime, you can find us in our Facebook group. We are communicating there at facebook.com slash groups slash horror fiends of NOFS. You can also tweet at us on Twitter. We are there every day at twitter.com slash NOFS podcast. But until then, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. Just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at NOFS Podcast. And as always, more terror can be found lurking on our website, www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com. Until next week, stay creepy, fiends. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.